How are you doing? It's a crazy time right now, and there is so much uncertainty, and this episode should bring you a lot of clarity. I called in a favor from one of my friends, Kathy Heller, and she's on the show today. She is truly a fire hose of inspiration. She has built her podcast to 15 million downloads over the last three years, and it truly has the most amazing following and community I have ever seen. And the whole focus of what Kathy talks about and does is don't keep your day job. So if you are feeling uncertain about your career, if you are wanting to pivot and create a new business, if you are wanting to be an entrepreneur, this is going to give you so much clarity. In addition to that, what I love about this episode is that we don't dive into investing in a whole bunch of things or doing paid advertising. This is about how you can build a business from scratch using what you already have inside of yourself, your empathy your true value, your unique gifts that you have to share with the world. And we get super tactical around those things and how you can leverage them to build an amazing business and an incredible community of people who look to you as a leader. I truly believe this is the best time to rise as an expert and to show up as an expert. And we're going to give you the tactical plan to do that today. If you haven't done so yet, please go ahead, subscribe for free. You don't have to pay. You can subscribe for free to this podcast. And be sure to leave a rating and a review. We do pick a winner every single month to win a $250 Amazon gift card from our review. So I hope that's you this month. Just pause right now and do that review before we get into the episode. And if you enjoy it, be sure to screenshot this episode, share it out on your Instagram stories, tag me at Sunny Leonard Uzi and tag Kathy as well. And we would love to reshare your thoughts and your feedback and see also where you're tuning in from. So without further ado, let's dive in to this episode. I'm Sunny Linarduzzi. Welcome to the Sunny Show podcast for the bright side of being your own boss and building your own life. My definition of being your own boss means showing up for yourself so you can show up for everyone and everything else personally and professionally. So congratulations on showing up, boss. I promise to support you on your journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Welcome to the show, Kathy. I can't believe it's taking this long for you to be on my show. You know what? I just love you. And everyone who's listening gets it. Every time I'm around you, I feel like it's electricity. And I'm like, ah, somebody turned on the lights. This is fun. So thanks for having me. That's perhaps the best description anyone's ever given me. So thank you so much. Uh, I think people go, yeah, that's what I think. Thank you. Well, I know I was on your podcast not too long ago, which I really, really loved. And We're going to talk about a lot of different things today because you have a lot of superpowers and things we can tap into that I want to share with the audience. But the big thing that is just so impressive to me is that you built this podcast and podcasting is like still for me a little bit of the wild, wild west. Like I still feel like I'm learning to navigate it. Whereas platforms like YouTube and Instagram for me are are pretty easy. And this this whole situation is, is still feeling kind of overwhelming. And you have created this insane following and insane growth on your podcast. And I want to dive into the how behind that because so many people are like, I want to build an audience. I want to build a following. I want to have a podcast. I want to have a YouTube channel. But not a lot of people get how you make it this thing that people love to come back to and it creates a true community around it. So Mm. let's dive in there. Let's start there. How? How yeah. did you do this well, with your podcast? First of all, it means so much to me coming from you because I really respect you. And I feel exactly the same way about YouTube that you just shared that you feel about podcasting. I look at what you've built. I'm like, how on earth has she done that? I think that certain people, certain vehicles, just their go-to, it's where they start. But I do think that there is a way to look at, just like you've been able to literally teach people what you've done and it, it works. I think. There are so many things that I do that I could actually say, this is why it works. I think a lot of times people get frustrated when you're like, what's the how? I don't know. I just, the stars aligned. It's like, that's not really all that is. That's, that, that, that's there. So let's talk about it. I mean, I feel like when people ask me this, I often think 20% of it is the show and 80% of it is everything else that goes mm. into the show and sort of supports the show. And what I mean is this. First of all, it's all about 
the audience and it's all about engaging with the audience. And so I try to take that to the hilt. I try to understand when you look at things that go viral, whether it's a video, a podcast, an article, they've done studies on this to see what is it about the content that makes it go viral? Is it how much information is packed in it? Is it how much celebrity is in the person who's hosting? And the answer is no. The answer is it's how much the piece of content reflects the feelings and thoughts of the person consuming it, which is really fascinating. So I, one of the questions I ask myself before I do every single episode is really, where is my audience today? What's the pain point? Where are they at? And really trying to mirror that. And so one thing I do, instead of being like a look at me person, it's like come with me person. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, in order to help somebody out of a well, I think you have to have been down there. I think in order to get somebody home, you have to know their address, right? And so I start with, this is where I am and this is where I've been. And if that relates to you, then I want to help you come along. And I think that I can. And so I do a lot of really like starting from where we are. I think there's a lot of people who put content out there and they're like, hey, do you want to crush it? Hey, do you want to like get this goal done and done and done? And it's like, hang on a second. Every single human that I've ever met has been through it. There's been so much heartache by the age of 10. Everyone who's listening, like ask yourself by the age of 10, did your heart get broken? Did someone walk out? Did somebody pass away? Did someone hurt you or hurt someone you love and you think about it and you're like, yeah. And so I feel like I've just always known that everyone is fighting such a big battle. I, I grew up in a house where there was a lot of violence. My dad was an alcoholic. He left. My mom struggled with suicide and depression. And I saw firsthand that people are really like living lives of quiet desperation and feeling really invisible. I'm aware of that all the time. And I think that that helps people. I think that the number one thing people want is to feel seen. Mm -hmm. Now, the next question is, how do you do that in a strategic way too? Because it's one thing to say that, but strategy is important because you want to be able to literally make that happen on your to-do list. So you have to ask that question, well, how would I do that? Would I just feel it in my heart? It's like, well, that's a start, but what would you do? What action can you take so that people really feel seen? And that's the question you're asking. So here's what I do. Right away, I realized that this had to be their show. It's not my podcast, it's their podcast, which means I wanted to build a habit with them where they would know when they come to this show, it's a part of their life. And I know that I make them a part of the show. So I started to ask people to send in their stories. Tell me what you're struggling with. Tell me what things you're trying. Are you taking messy action? Are you wanting to be in more in alignment with yourself and you're starting to bake on the side? Are you taking some pictures? Are you putting something up on Etsy? You know, my show is called Don't Keep Your Day Job and it's all about finding more of a way home to yourself and finding the things that feel like you. So I would celebrate them and then ask them to share their stories. And then every single week, I would shout them out and say, please go give so-and-so some love. She just started her Etsy shop. I'm so proud of her. Or please go you know, take a look at this guy. He lives in Missouri. He's making cheesecake. This is his Instagram handle. And this is what he shared with me. He used to work in a factory. And then I would actually start to interview them. So yes, we have had on the show people like you and Howard Schultz who created Starbucks and Mandy Moore and Jenna Fisher from The Office. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, we've had all these creative people. And then I'll dedicate full episodes to my listeners. Like, tell me how you made your first sale. Tell me how you were able to have the courage and begin to paint. Or you wrote a screenplay and it wound up going to Sundance within a calendar year of first even listening to the show. How did you even have the courage to just make a messy first draft and keep walking forward. And there's, there's more to that as well. You know, I think that if you asked most people, would you like 400,000 followers or 40, they would say 400,000, but they don't understand that it's not about how many followers. It's not about how many listeners. It's about the depth and the engagement. And so every single day, instead of just posting things on Instagram, every single day, instead of just posting things in a Facebook group, instead of just putting out an episode, I say to myself, okay, can I have 10 honest conversations today with 10 people? Like, can I literally go into my DMs myself and with at least 10 people, ask them what's going on with them and then say this, which is say more about that. Like, I want to hear more. And then of course people are like, you do? 
yeah, I do. And then I say, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And then I add how I feel about it, right? A comment or a thought or some resource I can give them. And it's incredible because every single thing is word of mouth. Every person you know has on average like 400 Facebook followers or friends rather and, and a bunch of Instagram followers. And so we underestimate that if we really care and we go deep with people every single day and it's really about the human connection, it's wildfire. They do all of the sharing of the show. They become your ambassadors. You know, I don't spend money on Facebook ads. I don't have to because Every time I make a relationship with someone, every time there's a connection made and there's an imprint, that person can't help it. They go, I don't know how on earth you had the time to make me feel seen today. And I, I'm a big fan of the voice noting because boy, do people freak out when you're like, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I can't believe your brother died in a motorcycle accident. You are so strong. And I think it's incredible that you are starting this hand lettering business. It's gorgeous. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Like people are so lonely. You know, we're going through this whole coronavirus thing and people are like, this is so serious. It is. But what's also serious is that last year in the United States, at least I don't, I know that I don't know the information for the world, but in the U S last year, 1.6 million people committed suicide. And 54% of people surveyed last year in the world on a whole said that they felt isolated and lonely. We live in an empathy deficit. Mm -hmm. So what are the ways that you can show up for people? And then how can you make that actually count every day for a few people, every single day, engage people, talk to people and bring them into your world? It's amazing how far that actually goes. We underestimate the power of that. Absolutely. Literally half the things that you were saying there, I was like, are we sharing the same brain? <laughs> <laughs> is, she in, is she in my head? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that what you said about meeting people from a place of your own story is something that I talk about so much. And when we're working with clients and creating their businesses and we help people build courses, online programs and courses, it's really fascinating to me because I think that not only are we in an empathy deficit, but I think that we're also in just an intuition deficit. Um, I think there's so much noise out there and so much information and so many people to look at as North stars of what we should be doing. Yeah. And we're not looking inside of ourselves. And one of my favorite stories about this, and if you are sitting there thinking that you want to start a business and you really want to create an online business, particularly, this is such a valuable lesson that I got from somebody that I was speaking to a few weeks ago in one of those conversations when you were talking about like DMs and voice notes and all of that stuff. That's something that I practice every single day as well, because I am also a big believer that it's not about how wide you go. It's about how deep you go. Yeah, that's right. And so when I was speaking to this gentleman, we were talking about him wanting to start an online course business. And this guy was like ripped, like he was jacked. He was this huge fit, really like in shape person. Yeah. Very evident to me that he worked out a lot. He was very healthy and all that yeah. stuff. And so I said, you know, what, what do you want the focus of your course to be? And he was like, well, I want to help moms get rid of their baby belly. And I was like, pardon? <laughs> Sorry? I was like, why? And he's like, well, you know, I've seen other people do it and be really successful at it. And I was like, but have you done it? Right. <laughs> and he was like, no. And I was like, okay, so why are you going external? with what it right. is that you want to create. And instead of going internal, I'm like, tell me your, your story. What is your, we call it the zero to hero journey. I'm yeah. like, what's your own zero to hero journey? He was like, oh, I was an addict. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. And mm. he's like, I was an addict for a long time. It ruined my relationships. It ruined my life, my career, et cetera. And I, at one point hit rock bottom and I decided, you know what, I'm going to turn to health and fitness to move past this and to create a healthier life for myself. And mm -hmm. it has been the biggest game changer of my life. And I said, that right there, everything that you just said to me, that's what somebody else needs to learn. If you needed to learn that lesson, somebody else needs to learn that lesson. And that's how you're going to create this online education business. And he was like, mm. oh my God, that seems so simple. And I was like, it is though. It, it all comes back to, you can only be an expert at things that you've done. You can't be an expert at things you've never done before. Yeah. So I think people look at other people who have succeeded and they go, oh, well, she figured out how to build a business around growing YouTube channels. Yeah. So like, yeah. I'll do that too. 
Yeah. And I want to say something else on this note, which is, I don't think everybody gets it. I was talking to Amy Purdy the other day on my podcast. If you guys don't know who she is, then there's a gift right there for you because she's amazing. She, uh, she lost her legs when she was 19 and then she went on to get prosthetic legs and then win the Paralympics for snowboarding. And it's just unbelievably incredible. She's also just deep and sweet and gorgeous. She's all these things. And she was saying that she wanted to start a podcast. And she said, what do you think makes the podcast so successful? Because we have gotten to about 15 million downloads in just three years. And Which I is said- amazing. Like, can we just stop for a second? Oh, That's incredible. Thank you. Coming from you, really, it means so much. You have no idea, really. But I said to her, I do believe it's about empathy. And I started to tell her a lot of the things that we're talking about. And then I added one piece. And I said, I, I used to think that the podcast was just about my audience. But I realized about halfway through doing this, what we've done so far, that I was really doing the show for my guest. And what I mean is when you show up in the moment of the interview and you are present and there's no agenda and you're not looking at your notes and you're not skipping what they're saying just so you can get to your next question, but you're really making a space for them to feel safe and you're really, really listening, you will have conversations that they've never had because they feel the space is there and they feel heard. And so I have these moments with people and they'll say, I've never shared this with anyone. I don't know why. And it's because I am 100% all in. I prepare for the conversation by looking at what they're up to and, and who they are and whatever you know they've kind of put out there as like a touchstone of, of their story. But then I kind of let it go and I, I have a sense of what my audience is struggling with. And so I know I'm going to ask them about how to overcome imposter syndrome. I know I'm going to ask them about what you do when you feel like you're stuck or you're not sure what to choose or what your purpose is. Like I, I know that that's what my audience needs and I know that that will be something that comes up. But what I then do is I really just show up and say, I want to hear. Because if they're on the show, I've, I've vetted them. Like I don't just have everybody on. But if, if they're on, I really do want to hear. And so I really listen. And then whatever they say, I reflect back on that. And I'm like, let's go deeper. And those kinds of conversations I think are really impactful. I actually noticed that when I was on your show and it's something that it's so counterintuitive, I think for myself and for a lot of other people to just show up and be present and listen. And I have come a long way in that aspect, but I was a journalist before I got into this. Yes, world. you were. So, yep. so for me, like I had to prepare like nobody's business for anything that I did in the media. And so when I got into the online space, I was tackling it from the same approach and I found it was not working well, especially in the podcasting space, because I wasn't fully present. I was constantly thinking about, okay, what do I need to ask next? Mm -hmm, or what's mm -hmm. the thing that I need to get out of this? Instead right. of just having that like really human connection of just listening and just being present. Yeah. I had Brian Grazer on my podcast who he and Ron Howard are partners and they produce movies like Apollo 13 and A Beautiful Mind. And, and really, I think that they're the most most successful producing team in Hollywood. He told me a story which is exactly in line with this. He said, Kathy, when I was just out of college, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was temping at Warner Brothers, like just sitting in the legal office. And I was thinking about maybe going to law school, not sure what I was going to do, just got a job over the summer. And someone needed to deliver a package to Warren Beatty. And I said, I'll do it. And at the time, this is 35 years ago, Warren Beatty was living at the top of the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, which is the hotel from Pretty Woman. So he said, I went down there and I told the guy that I had a package and he came to the door and he said, okay. And then I, I said, no, it's a legal package. And they told me I have to hand it to him. I have to see him take it. And the guy says, I don't know if that's true or not, but you have a lot of guts for asking. So sure, let me go get him. So Warren Beatty comes to the door and this little skinny kid, Brian Grazer says, Mr. Beatty, I'm so anxious to meet you. You're such a star and I don't need anything from you. I don't need a job. I don't need anything, but I just think you're like the most amazing actor ever. And I'm just so curious if you could tell me one little thing about why you think you've been so successful, like in one minute, like that's all I, I'm just, you know, I can't miss this opportunity to, to hear from you. And Warren Beatty said, just come in. So he said, I sat down and he said, Kathy, he spoke to me for an hour. And I was a 24-year-old kid. It wasn't Brian Grazer then. I didn't you know, have any success. He just really loved being heard. He loved feeling important. And he, in my eyes, he was like Superman in that moment. And he said, I realized that that was so powerful and that I didn't have 
a famous last name and I didn't have credits under my belt, but if I could just have real conversations with people, I saw how much came from that. And so what really happened is the next day he saw Ron Howard walking across the quad at Warner Brothers and he screamed out the window, Ronnie Howard. And Ron Howard was at that point famous for being an actor. He wasn't yet Ron Howard, the director. And he looks up, he doesn't see anything. And then he calls his office and says, can you put Ron Howard on the phone? And he gets on the phone and he says, hello, who is this? And he says, I just cr- screamed out at you. And he's like, yeah, why, why would you do that? Don't scream at me in the, in, across the courtyard. That was so scary and weird and whatever. And he said, can I just come over for two minutes? And he said, oh my God, what do you want? And so he comes in his room and he basically said, I just think you're the most amazing thing in the world. And I want to know more about you. And I want to know what you really want to create. And he basically said to him, I want to be a director, but no one takes me seriously. And he said, well, I have a lot of enthusiasm. I'll find it. I'll create it. I'll raise the money. And of course they did. And they created Splash. That was their first movie. And they got Tom Hanks to be in it. But he said, everything is about walking into a room and making people feel heard and not having an agenda. So I think there's two pieces to it. I think it's how you bring in the audience. But then I I think people miss the moment. It's like you're interviewing Bobby Brown, right? We interviewed her. She had just sold her makeup line to Estee Lauder. And we had an amazing conversation. And at the end of it, she said, when are you in New Jersey next? Let's hang out. Like you're always there for that moment and where that can take you. It's like, I didn't have an agenda. I don't need anything from her. So then you become friends and then you don't need anything. So you're just there to be a friend. And so, you know what I've done is like, I've suggested her for other people's podcasts and she appreciated that because she started her own podcast and Howard Schultz, the same thing. Like I helped him get on other people's shows or I helped my friend Jasmine Starr to connect with Seth Godin. It's, and it's just fun and it's just easy. So there's two things going on at the same time. You're there for your audience. You're there for the guest, and you make friends and you just show up with no agenda. And that's really powerful. And I think that that's just, that's something that everyone can do. Not to mention, I want to say that our most downloaded episodes are not the episodes with the most famous people. They're not. Our most downloaded episodes are episodes where the title, and you know this, where the title matters. And for you, you have one way of doing that. For me, it's How much the title, like I said before, reflects what people are really struggling with. So the shows that say things in the title like how to overcome your imposter syndrome or the shows that we have one show called Living Life on Your Own Terms, and it it gets a lot of downloads because people want to live life on their terms. So one thing we do a lot of is Google Forms and like, can you give me your feedback? I really care. And if you you fill out this Google Form, I'll send you a thank you note. I'll send you a Starbucks gift card. I'll send you a spiritual gangster hoodie. I really want your feedback. A lot of that. If it's working and it's a business, it's not about you. A hobby is I like to paint. I like to sing. Great. I like to podcast. Awesome. If it's a business, by definition, it means somebody else wants it. That's what it means. It means somebody else needs it. It means somebody else cares. So it's not all about us. It's about them. And so it's our job to listen. It's our job to pivot. It's our job to keep getting closer and closer to serving the people that we are serving. And another thing that we do is we create a Facebook group. And I think one thing that we do that's different is we encourage people to share. A lot of times in Facebook groups, it's please don't drop links. Please don't share your work. We do it a little differently there. It's please share your work. Please show me what you're making. Please tell us how it's going. It's not sell your work here. There's a distinction and people really value the sharing aspect and so they don't abuse it. I think only five times in three years with over 20,000 people in the group have I had to take something down because people realize I'm teaching you if it's organic and you're sharing what you're doing rather than selling or rather than putting an opt-in inside the group you're going to get so much further and you're going to really create connection and it's really what we're here to do. And so I think that's also something that people find refreshing. And I've heard from so many people that the community aspect, the Facebook group, the fact that I ask people to tell me what they're struggling with, what they're working on, what wins they've had. I mean, we do a lot of different posts in there throughout the week. It's not just sort of like this desert of like no activity. It's, there's a lot of prompts and easy questions for people to ask. And sometimes we make it just fun. Like, tell me in a GIF what you feel like today. If you were, tell me in emojis, you know, what you ate for breakfast, just make it fun. And then a couple other times a week, we're asking them harder, bigger questions about, you know, to celebrate a win they had or to tell us something that they made and, and how it went when they did their first sale or they did whatever. But I think that that kind of engagement, it works. And people sometimes, they don't know how to foster that 
And again, where attention goes, energy flows. And so I show up there too. You can't just put out a podcast. It's everything you do to let people know the podcast is up, right? So our show comes out Mondays and Thursdays, which means it's not just that the podcast comes out. You know, it's like, if you build it, will they come? No, <laughs> they don't know it's there. So the podcast comes out, then we talk about it in the Facebook group and we go a little further. At every episode, one thing that people seem to like is that at the end of every episode, we list the takeaways from the episode. Like this was the episode, I'm so glad Sunny was on the show. She taught us so much, she shared so much. Here are the 10 top takeaways of what we learned. And then we post those takeaways and a little sound clip of the episode so people get value from that. Like, oh, that was really cool. Then we send it out in an email. Then I post about it in my Insta stories and I say, hey guys, I'm so excited so-and-so was on my show. And then I ask them a specific question. You know, do you agree with this? Tell me yes or no. Make it an easy way for them to respond. And then, you know, if you liked it, please tag me. I'll share it also and then I'll send you a thank you note or I'll send you a gift for sharing it because I really appreciate it. And I love that. And it's very similar, again, to what we do with YouTube. And it's what I you know, really, truly emphasize and say you have to distribute what you're doing. You, you have to share what you're doing and not just hope and pray that people come and listen to your podcast episode or watch your YouTube video. And it also goes to what you're talking about when it comes to sharing and selling and all that stuff. I think that there is a weird disconnect about how sales used to be perceived and how sales are perceived now. And I had to go through a major, major, major mindset shift around selling because I did find it made me feel icky and kind of gross to like push my products and service onto people. So I just didn't for a long time. And I just organically would be like, great, they're going to come to me. It'll happen. It'll be fine. But I went through a massive mindset shift in that I now see sharing what I do, sharing my content, telling people about my products and services as the biggest act of generosity, especially in this time right now. I would, I would say that that's the number one question I'm getting is like, isn't this a bad time to sell? Like, I don't feel like I should be talking about what I do. And I think my big takeaway and something that like I give you mad kudos for is that it comes from such a place of generosity and it's understanding that unless you're selling something or sharing something crappy, like you should feel really proud about putting it into the world and you're doing people a favor by putting it out into the world. And it is an act of generosity. And I know you mentioned earlier, you're like, anyone can do this. Anyone can have those connections, build those relationships, share what they're doing, but so many people don't. So what do you think it is that has helped you do this and build this community and have 15 million downloads and build this following that is so invested in you. And I know it, it comes down to the relationships, et cetera, but what do you think it is about you as a person that's allowed you to do this? That's so sweet. I think what you just said, you were sort of like really putting it all together, all the pieces. I think that we look for evidence of what we believe is true. So if we don't believe we're worthy, if we believe that we're being selfish, if we believe that what we have doesn't have value, we don't want to put it out in the world. We feel like we're a burden. We feel like we're bothering someone. Why would someone want to talk to me? Why would someone want to listen to my show? I have to do self-promotion and I don't believe in what I'm doing. That's the problem. What I want people to understand is that there's no accidents here. Every single person is, is created with something unique. Diamonds and gold, those are rare commodities, but the most rare thing in the world is a human because your fingerprint in your DNA is completely unique, which is fascinating. Like even your twin, but it never was, it never will be. I don't think God makes extras. I think everybody is needed. And I don't think it's a matter of like, am I the expert? Am I, you know, allowed to write a book, allowed to start a podcast? Do I know enough to create my own coffee shop or my own hand lettering business? Listen, the answer is you're not the best. The answer is nobody ever was. The answer is not, are you the most right for the job? The answer is, are you available? Because there's 7 billion people in the world and everybody's assigned to show up and try to make it better. Everyone is needed right now. And that's always the case, but it's, it's even more so now. And so I think that one thing I've just always known growing up the way that I did is that everyone is hurting and everybody needs to feel seen. 
So even though I don't necessarily think I'm the most talented or I'm the one with the best anything, I do know that I can do that. And I do know that people need that. There's never a time where you say, oh, you know, there's enough presence in my life. I have so much presence. People make so much space for me. I, I don't need any more. I don't think that that's true. So I think it goes back to, do you believe that you're worthy? And when it comes to sales, I think we think salesmen are like snake oil salesmen. And we, we think that is such a disgusting, dirty word. Marketing essentially is just, marketing means communicating. Marketing means I'm clearly communicating what I do to who I do it for. And sales is empathy, which means if I'm telling you that I have something, I've already taken the time to ask you what you need oh, you're a vegan? Oh, what kind of cupcakes do you want? Oh, you want vegan and gluten-free. Okay. So now we're working together. I'm building your trust. I'm connecting with you. I'm asking you what you need. And then when, when it comes time to do the sale, I'm inviting you to collect the thing that you told me you wanted from me. Just two days ago, I had these three beautiful art sets come to the door and I could have almost cried. I was on the verge of tears because we're in the middle of quarantine. My kids don't have their typical routine. And I was able to go online and for my three-year-old and my six-year-old and my eight-year-old find three different art sets that somebody had taken the time to say who might need this and what age groups might need different things. And I was so grateful to pay this woman. I would have paid her twice as much as she was charging because I really wanted my kids to have those. And as far as that goes, I want to say something else, which is right now what we're seeing is that certain businesses are spiking. Hasbro is selling more than they have. Jigsaw puzzles, Monopoly games, but not just that. We're seeing people buying baking wear, yeast and rolling pins and not just for necessities for like icing and learning how to do different kinds of crafts we're seeing people taking on stitching and weaving and looming all of a sudden those businesses are booming as well as things that help people feel connected people are taking online courses people are enrolling in zoom video people are, are creating memberships just so they can hang out with other moms and drink a glass of wine and talk about what's going on right now i think to to have this notion that in any time selling is bad but especially now, if you think you're being insensitive, it's actually the opposite. The economy, it's like blood in the body. Blood has to keep flowing in the body. If there's no blood in the body or the body stops flowing with blood, the body will die. We need the body to keep flowing. We need the money to keep flowing. And so we are the economy. We are the economy. Are we going to say, it's somebody else's job? I'm going to freeze right now and I'm not going to sell. And I'm going to hope that three people stay in business so that they can spend money and they can employ everybody else. No. My friend Susie said it so well. She said, you either have the courage to sell or you'll work for someone else who does. <laughs> now, when you think of it that way, it's so huge. And you ask yourself, oh, so I either have the courage to serve or I'll work for someone else because I'll say, I don't really believe in what I'm doing, but you do it. You put yourself out there. You have the courage. And then, uh, yeah, you could pay me. You could take money from other people and you could pay me. That's okay with me. But it's not, okay. I mean, what are we really saying? In, in this moment, it's about making a pivot. It's about finding a way to solve problems, but it always was. It's just, there's a more clear way of how to deliver your goods. If you were once baking, now you probably have to teach baking, or now you have to have a home delivery service for baking. If you were once uh, leading in a yoga studio, you probably need to do online classes right now. You know, it's just, we need to pivot our gifts right now to the virtual space. But I think for a lot of people, it comes down to, I don't believe I'm worthy. And if I don't believe I'm worthy, then I feel like I'm doing something wrong. If you found someone's wallet outside, would you hesitate to call and say, I found this, here it is? No, of course you would do it. We have to do the work to listen to who we're serving and to start to ask them what they need so that when we build this thing, whether it's a piece of software that's going to save them time, whether it's a beautiful piece of art that reminds them of the great outdoors and they love Yellowstone, then we call and we say, I found it. It's here. I made it. You want to come collect it? That's a gift. Right now in this time, I mean, it's always true, but there are certain things that people are so grateful, right? Like a pair of earrings that actually makes me feel a little bit more, you know, alive today. Or, oh, thank God I have this Zoom call with my group of business besties today because I, I really needed to be in this program more than ever right now. 
whatever it is, I think that we have to believe that it's not just the good thing that we make things that other people want. I think that we are morally obligated. And I don't think it's about being the expert. I think it's about being available. And if you can have 20 seconds of insane courage to raise your hand and make something, make a podcast, create your Etsy shop, write your blog, 20 seconds of insane courage, you won't believe people don't need you to be perfect. Just start. Just make it messy. Give yourself permission. If you go into a preschool classroom, every kid loves to be creative and it's because they're all messy. They've got paint in their hair. They've got flour up their nose and it's okay. But at some point when we were eight or nine or 12, we got our hearts broken and we came up with a perfect strategy. And the strategy was, I won't want too much. I won't reach too far. I won't make anything. I won't get rejected then. Nobody will leave me. So I'll just tell myself I don't have anything to, to share and I'm not as good as this person. But really, it's a protection. And at the end of the day, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And I want to ask you, have you always known your self-worth? No. <laughs> how, how, did you, how did you get to a place? Because I know for me, it's been a journey and I've been very open about that and not understanding my value until I was 29 years old and not understanding my worth. I was very externally successful. I did all the things. I checked all the boxes. I had built a successful business, but I didn't know my value. I didn't know my worth. And it led to massive burnout, being in the hospital, et cetera, mm. and not really true success. Yeah. Because I wasn't happy. I wasn't at peace with myself. I was constantly at war with myself and I was constantly trying to prove myself to other people. So totally understand. I'm so curious for you, what was your pivot and how did it affect everything else in your life when you were able to recognize the value that you brought to the table? Yeah. Thank you for the question. And I totally relate to what you're saying. And it's not like a one moment thing. It's an ongoing journey. I've been in and out of therapy since I was 15 you know, my mom tried to commit suicide twice and I was there both times and both times I begged her not to. And both times she said, you're not enough. I can't live for you. So I was literally told I wasn't enough by my mom and my mom loves me. She still struggles with depression and I don't fault her. I get that from her perspective, it was like, I don't have a self. I can't wake up. But as a child, you don't hear that. You hear you are not enough. I've always felt like that. But what I think is that we got to get out of the center of the story it's not about us. It's about them. It's not about, am I worthy? It's about, they need us. It's about, this person needs me. It's about, this person looks like they're fine, but they're living a battle no one knows about. And I don't need to be anything other than empathetic right now. And when you really get that all people need is a witness, you go and show up. And it doesn't matter that you're not worthy of it because it's not about you. That's kind of how I've always felt because I definitely don't feel quote unquote, worthy of things. But what happens when you show up and you just witness and you say, I don't have any advice right now, but I see it. It's a lot. People are so grateful. And when you do that, you gain confidence. And when you do that, you see that it's enough. And by doing things, we gain clarity and confidence. Also, I've done a lot of inner child work. I even took a week and went to Onsite, which is an amazing facility outside of Nashville. They're actually now, I think, doing stuff online, but it's a pretty amazing program. And it's all therapists and they do a lot of inner child work. And one thing that we do there that you could do right now is go back to your seven-year-old self. See that girl, see that boy with the funny haircut and the missing tooth and the red shoes. Just see that kid and meet up with that kid, right? Go back to your living room and you now standing with that kid and look at all the bricks that that kid is carrying, all the stuff that their mom is sharing with them, the, the good and the not so good, all the hard stuff the dad is giving to them to carry, the good stuff, the hard stuff, their expectations, the way they feel about themselves. Remember for kids, it's not what's taught, it's what's caught. So our parents hand us their stuff. Trauma gets passed down. And now you see this seven-year-old version of you standing in the living room holding these bricks and they can barely hold them. They're too young to be able to even know what to do with all this pain. And they're standing there and you walk over to this little kid and you whisper in this kid's ear and you say to her, you don't have to live here anymore. I'm coming to get you. And you cry your eyes out. 
Yeah. I mean, that was honestly one of the biggest turning points for me was doing inner child work. And again, I didn't do that until I was 29, 30. And I wish I had known about it earlier and could have tackled it earlier because it is probably the most valuable thing that I've ever done for myself in all aspects of my life. And that exercise is so valuable and so important. So I hope that you do take the time to do that and dive into that work. And we'll put the resource below to onsite as well so that you can take a look at that as well. But yeah, I think that what you said is, is so true is that it is an ongoing journey. And just by showing up, you do show yourself that you are needed and there are people out there. I truly believe there's an audience for everyone. And if you've learned a lesson for yourself or you've solved a problem for yourself, there's somebody else out there who's searching for that answer and is, is looking for you. And have so, you ever noticed that you'll, you'll be in a room at a dinner and everybody's impressive and everyone's interesting, right? Everyone's trying to earn it all the time. By the way, if you thought it was love and you were earning it, that's not love. That's yeah. something else. Oh my God, preach. Right? So <laughs> preach. it's like, whatever, you got that person's approval or it felt like love. It was something else. I'm not saying it was bad, but that's not love. If it's love, it's only given. That's what love is. It's just given to you, not because you're stunning, not because you're on your best you know, behavior, not because you're the most interesting person in the room, just because they just want to give it to you. So if you're ever at a dinner party or you're ever anywhere and you notice that everyone's doing that, everyone's trying to earn it, trying to prove themselves, that's what people get so caught up in. And then you're sitting there and like 40 minutes in, somebody shares something really vulnerable. I had a dinner like this about a, a year ago at my house where we had a bunch of couples over who we knew through my kids and it was like my kids' friends' parents and we had a bunch of people over from the school. We had this like intimate dinner, we were really nice. And I've known these people through, through my kids' school years, but didn't know them that well. And one of the dads leans forward at one point and he says, it's really cool that you invited us over. And I said, yeah, I'm happy to have you. And he says, you know, um, I'm a heroin addict. And I'm like stunned, right? I'm just sitting there looking at him. And he says, and people don't have these kinds of, you know, real warm meals at their house anymore. And this means a lot to me. And in that moment, Sonny, this guy could have been 40 feet tall. Everybody looked at him like he was a giant, like he was mm -hmm. such a hero that he was that honest. And what wound up happening is the rest of the conversation was the best conversation I've ever had. Then across from me is a hu another husband and wife. And the guy says, I'm a meth addict. And I actually fell off the wagon last summer. And they say to each other, Oh my God, brother, I've known you for four years. I never knew that. I've been suffering by myself. I go to my meetings, but we could have been talking to each other. And then the rest of us, we weren't struggling with drug addiction, but we started talking about marriage and how hard it is. We started talking about what's coming up in our own lives, what we're working on with boundaries with our parents. We wound up having the best conversation and I wanted so much for it never to end. And my point is, when you show your brokenness, people want to be right up next to you because all of a sudden they can relate. Your strength is everything in that moment. And people are like, oh my God, imagine if I gave myself permission to be myself. This person just gave me complete permission to be me. I think I've just spent so much time with people and I know that nobody's faking. Like it's not going to work. I understand what's really going on. Like you can tell me all day long on Instagram that you had the perfect avocado toast today, but I know what your life is really like because I'm a human being having a human experience. I know you don't have sex every day. I know that you're worried that sometimes things don't feel right or wrong or upside down. And so I share that stuff on my show and I love you so much. I think that you're such a light. And what I love about this conversation is that you went there. We don't always talk about inner child work. You went to a place of self-worth. And you guys, this is why you listen to her and follow her because she's 100% right. If someone tells you, all right, you know, it's a new decade. What are you going to get out of it? How do you want? It's like, if we're not addressing what's really at the root of this, how on earth are we going to take action? And what you're doing is like Marie Kondo. It's like, you want to clean up the closet? Let's take all the crap out of it first. Let's put it all in the light. When Danielle Laporte was on my show, 
She's a neighbor of yours probably. Yes, she um, is. I love yeah. her. Yes, she's been on the show as well. She's awesome. She said yeah. to me, Kathy, it's about bringing the darkness to the light once yes. and for all. Come on, bring it out in the open so at least you know what's there. So you don't trip on it all the time, right? Yes. So I think what you're doing is really powerful. And essentially, you take one messy, brave step. In fact, right now, you could make yourself a permission slip and write it to yourself. Dear Sunny, dear Kathy, you can say, Dear Kathy, write your own name. I give you permission to be mediocre. I give you permission to be messy. I give you permission to not have the answers. I give you permission to just show up and see where it leads. And I think when we do that, it's incredible. I don't know anybody whose business or marriage or life is where they thought it would be. You know, it's like a scavenger hunt. You show up messy, you build the engine while flying the plane, and the cost of admission is that courage to be messy, to make something mediocre, and you start with a green sock and you wind up with Kermit. That's where it goes. And Jim Henson, nobody wanted to buy the Muppet show. People thought he was an idiot. And he didn't even sell it until he went to the UK because everybody in the States passed on it. And we know what happened. And my three-year-old now, she knows the work that he started in 1969. She sings those songs. So it's about having the courage to just be messy. I want to say one more thing, which is that Martin Luther King, this is so powerful. Martin Luther King, the speech, his most iconic speech, I Have a Dream. He wrote that speech. He rewrote that speech a, a million times. And he was, he was ready to for, for the day. And when he got up there, the only thing that was not on the paper was the first sentence, I have a dream. Mm. And when you ask people about that speech, there are some people who, you know, they know the whole thing, but most people, that first line, that's it. And the reason being is because there's nothing more courageous than being vulnerable and saying, I have a dream. I do care. I do want it. I don't know how but I want this thing and I, I'm not, whatever, it's fine. No, it's not fine. This is my dream. We stopped dreaming because we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to put anything up unless it's perfect. We don't want to be messy. Everyone's going to talk about us. We're not worthy. People are so self-involved. They're not thinking about you. <laughs> yes. Can we just, you want to say that one more time for the people in the back? No, a little louder. <laughs> Everybody is so self-involved. It's like they're not going to think about you for more than three seconds. No, but the, but, 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 but the people who are going to pay attention are the people who need you. So yeah. if I could like summarize this episode in two sentences, these are the things that keep coming up for me. If you show up, other people will show up for you. The way that you've built a podcast with 50 million downloads, the way that I've built a YouTube channel with 20 million plus views on it. I showed up. You showed up. Messy and perfect, all the things. And that allowed other people to show up and get involved in our story and also share their own stories. And I would say the other thing is, and I hear my clients saying this a lot, and it sounds very simple, but I think the most genius things come from simplicity. And they'll say, well, you can't do anything if you don't do anything. Right. <laughs> so if I had never sat in front of my window in my tiny little apartment with my little webcam and filmed a YouTube video basically in my pajamas, I would not be where I am today. Mm -hmm. And if you hadn't taken the step to create a podcast and to talk to people on a daily basis and to really listen, you wouldn't be where you are today. So you can't get anywhere by doing nothing. The imperfect action has to happen. Nobody comes out of the gates perfect. Nobody comes out of the gates knowing exactly what to do. You learn as you go and you learn as you take action and you get better and better and better. Show me one person in the world who went from complete novice to complete pro in less than 24 hours. There's not one person. Doesn't happen. And that's why we love the movies we love. That's why we love Rocky or Frozen or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factor. We like to see the hero's journey of somebody who keeps taking three hits to the jaw and you're like, are they going to get back up? And then they do. It's in the chasing of the goal. You get to break through your upper limit. And that's what you're really chasing. It's who I get to become. It's how I get to have courage. And that's what lasts. That's what stays with me. It's never the goal itself. It's I got to break through and do something that scared me today. That's what matters. And like you said, 
And nobody starts off perfect. Ed Sheeran has this conversation all the time. And he says a really good analogy of it, which is, you know, he's such an amazing songwriter and people say to him, well, you're a genius. Easy for you to say when you talk about creativity. And he says, no, I didn't start out writing great songs. He said, imagine if you went to Vermont and you're there for the, the weekend, no one's been in the cabin for a few months and you show up there and you go to turn on the faucet and the water runs like brown sludgy water. And he says, and, and your friend says to you, oh, you know, we got to, we got to get out of here. You know, the pipes are busted or something. And you say, no, that's not how it works. Just give it a few seconds. It'll get better. And you let the water run for seven seconds and it's clear. He said, I had to write my way through the brown sludgy water. I had to write mediocre songs and give myself the grace to let myself become better. And when Seth Godin talks about this, he says, 50% of my blog posts are below average. And he said, and that's not because I think I'm a bad writer. That's what average means. (laughs) It means that by fact, 50% of it's below and 50% of it's above. That's an average. So everything has an average, everything. So Creativity is a numbers game. Creativity is let's keep making stuff. And guess what? The brilliant stuff won't be able to help it. It'll just slip through. But the cost is courage. The cost is the courage to make something mediocre. And when you know everything we just shared in this conversation, which is that people don't need perfect, they just need to be seen, it gives you more license to just go and do it and, and worry about them, you know, worry about showing up for them as opposed to how perfectly your website looks or, or, or sounds or, or any of the other stuff. It's, it, it just doesn't matter. People exhaust themselves on things that don't matter. Instead, just get busy connecting with six people a day and let them speak truth over you. Ask them what they need, what they like about your, what you're creating, what they don't like about it, how they could, how, how could serve them better. And you go, oh my God, it's a great idea. I'll put that at the end of my videos. Thank you for sharing that. And let them lead you because they'll lead you home. They'll lead you to where they need you the most. And if we're humble and we don't say it has to look this way, but rather, how can I serve the most? Oh my gosh, you totally will. And that goes back to empathy, right? So I think it's the empathy for yourself and it's the empathy for other people. And then how do you actually do that? You know, what kinds of things can you do every day that are simple where you can engage with people, where you can share with people? And one other thing we didn't talk about is when you're putting out a podcast, the question I'm always asking is how else can I make deposits, right? Every time people want something to be monetized, again, it goes back to the empathy. So we need to create a bank account. In order to d- withdraw, you need to have something in the bank to withdraw from. So we need to deposit, deposit, deposit. And so I'm always thinking, how much value can I give away for free? What else can I give? What else can I give? And so I like to do, you know, extra, create extra resources. Like, oh, for this episode, I created a, a three-part series and it's free. Just have it. Not a webinar, no pitch at the end. Or, you know, I'm doing a five-day interactive challenge, you know, just come, just enjoy it. Like, let's just do something else, which is so good for my business. 12,000 people will show up and be active in it. And it's amazing. And at the very end, yeah, they, they're more interested in the podcast, right? So I think that if we're asking those questions every day, of course, you can come up with ways to connect, to talk, to reach out and to create things. And when you focus on creating stuff rather than waiting for your fairy godmother to show up at your door and tell you that it's your turn, so much momentum occurs. Momentum is in, is in the doing, is in the execution. It's execution over idea every day. You could, someone else can have a better idea, but it's the doing. It's the connecting with people. And it just leads you in amazing, in amazing ways. I love that so much. And I know that obviously your book and the podcast and everything is Don't Keep Your Day Job. And I'm curious because there's so many people right now that are going through transition or have been laid off or are being forced out of their day job. If you were to start over and you were to put yourself in somebody's shoes where they're like, okay, I'm ready to create something for myself and to build my own business. If you had no brand, no downloads, no followers, no anything, what would you be doing in the next 30 days to get your business off the ground? We learn anything through repetition, right? So if you ask somebody like, what does Al Gore care about? They're going to say the environment. It's because he told you that about 15 million times, right? So what we have to do is realize that whatever you think is too much, is it's not. It's never too much. Like, keep going. So I would begin by saying what it is that I want people to know that I care about, that I do, 
and show up. That's what marketing is. And so I would be showing up on Instagram, showing up on Facebook, and then I would be asking people real simple questions in my posts that they can answer. And then I can follow up and ask them a question, not just like their thing and say, thanks, but ask them a question. So starting to build connection, starting to build awareness. And then I would want to validate what I'm doing. If I'm creating a show, if I'm creating video series, I'd want to know, is this the right show? Is this the right format? So I'd want to start asking a few people who I already right now think might be interested in side hustles, might be interested in this kind of show. What are you interested in? What are the problems that you have? Oh, is it about setting up small businesses and getting like the city loan? Or is it about the process of marketing? Or, oh, do you really care more about online stuff? Or, oh, are you mostly creatives? Or are you mostly people who want to deal with affiliate stuff? Like I would want to know how to validate what I'm doing and ask a few people and then get them to share with me what problems they have so I can build it around them. And then I would start to build it. And then I would show up and let them know that it's there and create engagement. And I would plan for six weeks out from now to do some kind of event. You know, when it comes to the iPhone coming out or a movie coming out, the movie just doesn't show up one day in the box office. There's an event. It's like all the McDonald's characters are now this figures and you see the billboards and, and you saw it at Target. Like it's everywhere, right? So we're so saturated right now that we can't just expect people to take in more content, to take in something else. It's like we got to really show up. And in order for things to, to matter, we have to create intimacy with them. We have to create that. They have to feel. We don't, we don't do things because they look nice. It's because of how they make us feel. So the best way to create that intimacy is through really connecting. So yeah, you could have a post on Instagram, but then you could have a video. Well, that's more intimacy than a picture. And what would be even more intimacy than a video would be five days of you showing up on live video every day for five days. So I would create a five-day experience where I would start to talk and start to create little bits of action that people can take because what people want more than anything is not a to-do list, but it's a done list. Mm -hmm. What people want is to feel that they are in a state of progress. That's a basic human need is, a, is to be feeling like we're progressing. That really is true. And so I would want to say, okay, if this is my idea, if this is what I'm wanting to create, how could I create little baby bits of action? And we know from research that people are not 17% or 40%, but people are 95% more productive when they're kept accountable. So I would want to give people some free accountability, show up in a group and say, if you've been thinking about starting a side hustle, if you've been thinking about what your purpose says, step one, all right, meet me on day one. I'll do a video. I'll start to connect with people, tell them why I felt this was so important, why it was important for me. Start asking them, you know, simple questions. What, what would you do in your free time? And then start to have them play with this. Give them one little piece of homework every day and say, I'll be back here again tomorrow. And uh, I'll even give you a, a, a giveaway. You know, I'll pick three of you who do the homework and I want to see your answers. And then the next day I would say, oh, this is what you wanted to do. And then the next day, give them a little homework. And then by the end, we've really created some intimacy. I wasn't hoping and praying that that intimacy would be created just from an Instagram reply or just from a one minute video. It was a back and forth dialogue for five days. And now I'm really cooking. And now that group has some energy in it and some connection in it. And then I say, if you got a lot out of this, screenshot this live right now and tell some people to join this group because it's free. And then I would say, you know what? I'm going to be here every single week on Thursdays and we're going to do a little thing like this. It's free value and people are enjoying it and you make people feel seen. And before you ask people for anything, you give and you give and you give. That would be sort of like a rocket launcher for any kind that. of a thing. I love that so much. Thank you so, so much. I know we went like way over what we were anticipating, but, <laughs> oh, you're but awesome. I'm so grateful. And I know that everyone's going to get so much out of this. And if you did enjoy this episode, as always, make sure that you screenshot it and share it out on social media, share it out on your Instagram stories. I love resharing them. You can tag me at Sunny Leonard Uzi and your handle, Kathy, on Instagram. Is yeah, it's Kathy.Heller. Kathy's with a C. And if you tag us, I will also for sure reshare it. And thank you so much for listening. There's so much going on. It means the world to me that you're here right now. You could be doing a bajillion other things. And I hope that you're just extra kind to yourself right now. Yes. No one knows how to do this better than you. It's a lot. And I think that one thing we can do is try to think about how to accept what is right now as frustrating and as hard as it is, and maybe use it as an opportunity to see how we can show up for other people who need connection now more than ever. 
And to have the courage to lead right now, you're actually going to have more attention than ever because people need leadership and people need to connect. So maybe there's an opportunity for you to really be a lighthouse for other people, whether you have the answers or not, just because you care. That's enough. I love it. Yes, that's perfect and such a great way to end this. So if you like this, be sure to rate the podcast, give us a review. As always, we do pick a winner every month to get an Amazon gift card. So I'm excited to read your reviews this month. And thank you again, Kathy. This was so good. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your fellow bosses. Congratulations on showing up for yourself today. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.